too. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord together. Would you all stand with me as we prepare to worship our King of Kings? It's so good to be together in unity there. The Lord commands his blessing. He's here with us. He longs to encounter you this morning. So let's surrender our hearts to him as we worship in Jesus' name. Let our praise be your welcome.
you never did another thing for us, you are enough. Lord, we love you. Wake us up to the ways that you have been pursuing us. Throughout scripture, God has been pursuing his people and Jesus is the culmination of that narrative. It all ends with him. It's a beautiful picture of God's love for us and that he would send his son to die for us while we were still sinners. Lord, we accept this gift with gratitude today, again and afresh. Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation. Help our hearts to feel the gravity of what it means, what you did for us to restore relationship. We thank you again, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for Christ. Thank you that he died once and for all, and there's nothing that can separate us from his love. He continues to pursue us. The steadfast love of the Lord continues on and on through all generations. Thank you for your steadfast love, Lord. So I will live. 
to the Lord all over this room we prophetically receive this song that the Lord's love is here that he's surrounding us with his mercy and his love so Lord we thank you we praise you that in this place the prophetic word of your love washes over us it's in this place it's running through us because you and you're sovereign and you are good and you are God so Lord we thank you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit I'm Pastor Joe Kirkendall, the pastor here of New Life Manitou Springs, and it's this point in our service where we often talk about uh, giving to the Lord, tithes and offerings. If you're a member here, if you're visiting and want to give to what the kingdom uh, of God is doing here in this place, there's different ways to give. Give online. There's a box in the back. You could scan a QR code on your chairs, but I want to just bring your attention to something that we're, we're doing here. On your chairs, you'll see a little card that looks like this, and it's uh, talking about our worship nights and something very special that we're going to be doing here on the last one, November 14th, because you might not know this, but the song we just sung, we're going to go back into this song as well. It's a Manitou Springs New Life original song. Our band, my, my wife, who's our, our worship pastor, has written this song and several other songs. And on the 14th of November, we're going to record these songs. We're going to have rec recording equipment in here. We're going to invite you all to sing, and your voices are going to be recorded. And we're going to make an EP. That's that's a, a extended play of an, an album. And this album is going to be manufactured. We're going to have a physical copy. We're going to have a digital copy of this album. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, it's, it's been a goal that we've, we've been talking about and hoping for for years and years. And, and so on November 14th, that's going to happen. There's a cost to doing that, the recording, the production, the, the studio time, the, the, the this and the that, to, to get a physical copy and the, and the manufacturing of these albums to go out. We want to give these albums to people when they come and they visit our church. We want these albums to go out into Manitou and into the city and into the Pikes Peak region as a holy decoration, a holy proclamation of the songs that we sing in here going out prophetically. People will have this album and get to sing with us as we praise the Lord and as his voice, as his uh, prophecies are made known in these songs. So we're really excited about that. You could scan the QR code and give to that. And I would encourage you to give like seeds. Like when we plant seeds, we give in such a way that we hope that, that, that a pro, that a, a produce, uh, a harvest of 10, 100, 1,000 times would be go forth from what we plant and the seeds that the Lord does. So would you pray with me over this offering? Would you pray with me over this service? Lord, we thank you that, that this album will be a pro prophetic declaration of your word going out as a gift to our city in the Pikes Peak region. Lord, we pray that this church will be a holy declaration of your word being preached of your movement, God, coming forth in this room, in this space, in our own hearts, and going from here. Lord, as we sing this song about your love, your steadfast love, Lord, we lift our voices to you, praising your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
down with your love. Thank you for wooing us with your grace. We love you, we worship you, we lift you high this morning. And it's in your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, thank you for worshiping with us. At this time, the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes. The rest of us turn and greet one another. We'll be right back up here with the word in just a moment. Well, good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Good morning. You can talk back to me. It's okay. Oh, you just saw an advertisement for our men's ministry retreat. Any men going on that? See a couple hands. Mark Wolf, I see you. James, I see you guys. It's uh, two weekends from now. Jamie, I see that hand. Uh, it's a couple weeks from today. Uh, September 8th, 9th, and then we'll be back to church on Sunday morning the 10th. It's the, the theme is your journey begins in the wilderness. So as men, we're going to go into the mountains, kind of like Jesus went into the wilderness and prepared to, to start ministry. We're going to prepare our lives for, for work, for ministry, for family, for receiving what the Lord has for us. And then we're going to have a whole bunch of fun too. We're going to eat really good food. We're going to shoot some bow and arrows. We're going to throw some axes. We're going to have a campfire and some talks around the campfire. And did I mention really good food? And did I mention really good food? And did I mention really good food? And uh, what else? Oh, you get a free t-shirt. It's 20 bucks. And I want a free t-shirt for 20 bucks, but it includes all your meals and stuff. And uh, I've been encouraging men. Some men are like, ah, I don't know about camping. That's okay. That's okay if you're a man and you don't like camping. That's okay to admit. You could come up just for the day. You can come up for Saturday. You can come up for Friday night. You can come up for Saturday morning. You can come up just for Saturday night or just for the lunch or just for the free time. A lot of options to come up. Go online or get one of these from the back table. There's a QR code on there. You could register. So that's your announcements. So good to see all of you. The Mayats are back. Would you wave Mayats? They are our missionaries in Brazil, and they've been there, and they're back, and uh, it's wonderful to see you guys. God bless you. Uh, would you open up your, your scriptures to the book of First Kings? I'll tell you what the title is in just a minute, but if you have a Bible, would you open to First Kings? I'm going to read for you the story of Solomon asking for wisdom, and so I've titled this sermon, Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. If you're going to ask the Lord for something, if you're going to be seeking for something, if your life is going to be uh, looking for something, look for, ask for, seek wisdom. And so that's the title for today. First Kings chapter three, starting in verse five. Let me read for you this story. Maybe you're familiar with it. It says this, at 
Gibeon. That's a high holy place north of Jerusalem. Solomon is there. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask me for whatever you want. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Maybe the Lord has spoken to you in a dream. Maybe the Lord has, uh, I don't know, through some prophetic way, spoken to you at night in a dream. I know that's, that's some of your stories. And so the Lord comes to Solomon, speaks to Solomon, and then asks Solomon for whatever you want. I'm going to give it to you. And then Solomon answers. He, he kind of throws back to the Lord this thanksgiving. And he says, you've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you, righteous and upright in heart. You have continued. He's talking to God. You have continued this great kindness to him, have given him a son. He's talking about himself to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father, David. And then he says, but I'm only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. He's speaking in metaphor because he's not a little baby here. He's already king. He's probably in his early 20s, but he's speaking in metaphor saying, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. Maybe some of you at different times in your life uh, have been overwhelmed with what's before you, your responsibilities, a job, a career, uh, school, there are lots of things, just a life situation. You're feeling overwhelmed. And the Lord has come to Solomon in a dream and says, ask me for whatever you want. And so here's what Solomon continues to say. Verse 8, your servant is here among the people you have chosen. So he's thanking the Lord for this great people, Israel, a great people, two numbers to count or to number. So give your servant, he's talking about himself, a, you see the words here, a discerning heart. Everyone say wisdom. Give your servant wisdom to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, you have not asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice. I will do what you have asked and I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, as we look on this story of someone asking for wisdom, I pray that each and every one of us listening to this sermon, whether online or in this room, including myself, Lord, may we this morning ask you for your wisdom. May we ask you and may we seek that in our lives, your wisdom, your understanding for our life, for how we live. Lord, we pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you the first point. I have a three-point sermon for you this morning. That's usually, I see a couple new faces. Thanks for inviting people. I see some uh, new faces, but I usually preach a message. That's three points, and that, that might just be for me, to keep myself organized as I'm speaking. Uh, but point number one is this. Ask the Lord for wisdom to understand his ways. Ask the Lord for wisdom to understand his ways. That's point number one. Ask the Lord. What, what are you supposed to ask the Lord for? Well, ask him for wisdom to understand his ways. That's a fun question. You know, the Lord comes to Solomon and says, ask me for anything you want. What, what do you wish for? What do you want? If you could have one thing, what do you want? That's a fun question, isn't it? Have you ever been asked that question? It's a good, like, uh, get to know you question. It's a good road trip question. Like, if you had one wish, what would you ask for? It's kind of a part of the human desire, what it means to be human, to, to wish, to hope, to dream. So if you could ask for one thing, what would you ask for? And I always thought I was so smart. As a kid, I thought I invented this answer. Turns out it's pretty common. But if, if you only have one wish as a kid, I, would, I always said, well, if I only have one wish, I would ask for more Wishes. Anybody else, like as a kid, like kind of a smart aleck, like I tell you what I would ask for. If I only had one wish, I would ask for more wishes. And then, of course, does that count? No, it never counts. Like I can't ask for that. that you, you silly kids, stop being a smart aleck. What would you wish for? I've asked a lot of people this week, 
what they would ask for. I asked my kids. I have four little boys. Uh, I asked Theo. He's six years old. He's in first grade already. He started last week. He's doing a great job. And I asked him in the morning. Uh, we always do kind of a little devo together for a few minutes. We, we have this little kid Bible, and his goal is one sentence every morning, which is hard. For a first grader to read one sentence, it's hard. He's got to sound out all the words. And so right before we read, I thought of this question. It says, Theo, what if God appeared to you and you could ask for anything you want? Little Theo, what would you ask for? What would you want? And he said, I wish I never had to read again. <laughs> like, Thank you for your honest answer. But I, you know, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for. Like, I hope that actually doesn't come true. And as you grow older, I hope that that, that wish does not come true for you. And, and so I moved on. His brother was sitting there waiting. Uh, my wife, like, makes breakfasts. Uh, so he was waiting for his breakfast. And um, I said, Rowan, what would you ask for if you had one wish? And he said, oh, I would ask for any kind of food at any time I wanted. And Theo was like, oh, that's a good answer. So Theo said, can I change my answer? And he said one word, and he was so happy with this. He was like, this is what I would wish for, Dad. He said one word. He said, donuts. <laughs> donuts. If I was to answer the question, kind of just like a, as a quick, I know that the right answer is wisdom, and I really hope to preach a sermon to show you that that really is the best answer, and I'll tell you why. Uh, but if I was just to answer the question quickly, thinking, oh, what would you ask for, Joe, if you had one wish? I would ask for a very specific amount of money. Are you ready for this? I would ask for $720,000, and you're like, why would you ask for $720,000? Well, as a pastor, as a leader of this church, uh, we're renting this building. And so we're leasing this building. We're very grateful for this building. I remember a time before we had this permanent space and we were meeting in City Hall, we were meeting in parks, we were meeting here and there and everywhere and setting up. And those were hard times to not have a space that was weekly you know, set up for us. And so we have this space, we're, we're leasing it, we don't own it, but there is an option. Like right behind me, there's a building, it's called the Briarhurst. It's for sale. It's 2.4 million and my wife, who's a business uh, major, has come up with a business plan. If we had this building, we would do this and that and lease this. And, and she has a plan, and it's wonderful. We just need a down payment, which is that $720,000. So if you have a check for $720,000 that you can give to the Lord, to this church, I'll be up here at the end of service. Or hey, if seven of you don't have seven hundred twenty, but if seven of you you know have a hundred thousand, I will be up here. And uh, but but hey, the Lord, you know the the will of the Lord for this church is is a holy, wonderful, prophetic thing. And it's not you know my imagination for this church and where we're going and, and for our vision. It's pretty big. And the Lord has even bigger plans for us. And I think and believe and hope that the Lord and his, his word will be proclaimed from this place. I have big hopes for the album that we're recording. I have big hopes for uh, a building, a permanent space uh, for, for the future and what the Lord has for us for the future. That's his will. And I heard a really cool saying, if it's his will, it's his bill. Yeah, have you heard that before? Kind of a... If it's his will, it's his bill. So anyways, we trust in the Lord for that. Uh, that was a rabbit trail. Um, but other people have asked for, uh, like in this week that I've been asking people, if you had one wish and the Lord would grant that wish, what would it be? Quite a few people asked for money. Uh, for a house, maybe to get out of debt, to not go into school debt. Uh, money is always at the top of you know, people's lists. And, and the, the Lord tells Solomon, after he says, I want wisdom, the Lord uh, compliments him and says, oh, because you didn't ask for wealth or fame or fortune, these other things, I'm going to give you what you asked for, wisdom. And then he bestows onto Solomon some of these other things. He makes Solomon very, very, very wealthy. And I did a deep dive this week. Anybody else like me and you just kind of like researching things? 
Any hands? Yeah, hold those hands. I see those hands. Uh, these are people I love. Like, just researching. Like, I look forward to, like, my evenings. The kids are in bed. I start watching YouTube videos and kind of go on my own little rabbit trails of research. I usually don't watch movies. Uh, I usually do research. And th- this whole week, I was researching how rich was Solomon? How could we compare his wealth in the ancient times to today in U.S. dollars? How wealthy would Solomon be? And he probably wasn't a millionaire. He was more than that. He probably wasn't even, get ready for this, he probably had more money than a billionaire. A lot of scholars and people that, you know, okay, looking at the data and like, what, what was the wealth and the average income of, of a salary back then, uh, back then compared to today? And, and Solomon, all this gold, you can read about the, uh, the amount of gold he was getting, wasn't measured in ounces, pounds, it was measured in tons of gold that Solomon was getting every year. And you add these things up and kind of compare it with today. Solomon was probably a trillionaire, which I have like no idea of like, okay, what, what is the difference between a million and a billion and a trillion? Do you know a million seconds, if you were to count to a million, one, two, three, four, you keep going. You know how, you know how long it takes to count to a million? About 11 days. A billion is 30 years. That's a big jump, isn't it? 11 days to 30 years. Uh, A trillion seconds is uh, more than 30,000 years. Big jump. And, and, And those numbers, like, okay, Solomon was, you know, however rich the richest person is today, there's a guy with $238 billion because I Googled it, and he, that's a lot of money, uh, but, but nothing compared to a trillionaire. It's very possible that Solomon in today's money would have been a trillionaire. He had, he had so much, but he also had wisdom. You know, money without wisdom is, is pretty dangerous. It's, you know, I think of uh, someone playing the lottery. Now, I'm about to talk pretty bad about the lottery. So if you play the lottery or your spouse plays the lottery, just, just bear with me. You know, I'll make fun of something else some other time. But I'm about to make fun of the lottery because the odds are so bad for you to win, right? So the other day, I was going to get gas, and there, I, I pulled up, and the, the gas thing said... Um, it doesn't work. You've got to go in and see the cashier. So I go in. I hold the door open for this guy, kind of a rough look. It may be homeless. Maybe not. I don't know. He had a bunch of money all kind of lined up uh, in different hands. And, and uh, I held the door for him. He goes in and he said, oh, you can go first. And I said, nah, you go ahead. I want to sit like, what, what is this guy about to do? He's got all these bills lined up and a lot of pockets of money. And he goes up to the counter and he proceeds to buy a whole bunch of different lottery tickets. And he's so excited. He's like, I'm going to win today. I'm going to scrap. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the next big winner. And I just thought, no, no, you're not. You're not going to be the next winner. The odds of that happening to be the big, you know, the, the millions winner to win the lottery, you have a better chance of going outside and getting hit by a meteor, like, like, like 187 times, because I Googled this stuff this week, have 187. No one's going outside like worried about a meteor hitting them, right? You would think that person was silly. It's 187 times more silly to play the lottery thinking you're going to win. So anyways, uh, and I just think about, you've probably heard this stat before, haven't you? That uh, 70% of uh, 70% of people that win the lottery uh, 70% of people that use the, the that win the lottery, so someone wins the lottery and then they... Uh, uh, they go bankrupt within a few years. So bankrupt means like they've spent all the money and then they've spent so much that they go into debt and need to declare bankruptcy. So what I'm saying here is money without wisdom is, is maybe a curse. And to just wish for money is, is maybe asking for trouble, like getting your desires right. What I'm speaking about today is is asking for wisdom is a holy thing. Seek wisdom. This is actually point number two. We'll put this up here if you're taking notes. Point number two is seek wisdom. You know, this isn't just a fun party question. This isn't just a good road trip question. You know, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? This is one of those questions like, well, what's in your heart? 
What is the desire of your heart? How would you answer that question? Because you're, you're not just hoping that one day you'll you know, get to make a wish. You're probably living out your days in such a way that you're seeking this. What are you seeking after? Seek wisdom is point number two. Solomon asks for wisdom. And, and it's a desire of mine to know like what's really going on in this world. Is anyone like me? Let me, let me tell you what I think sometimes because you, you know you watch the news, you see politicians saying one thing and then the media says another thing and then like another media outlet says another thing about the same thing that happened and it's like two different stories and then the third story and then you're maybe kind of like me wondering like what's really going on in this situation? What's really going on in the world? Does anybody have this same frustration as me? Like you always kind of feel like, man, I feel like I'm being lied to. Like this media outlet is saying this and this media outlet is saying something completely different about the same news. Like how can this, I just feel lied to. I feel like I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what's the real story? What's the truth here? And Solomon asks for the kind of wisdom where God would shed upon him the light of real truth to discern and to know how the Lord would see these things. And so uh, Solomon is given wisdom. And then in this very chapter, chapter three, is this story. And I'll just kind of abbreviate the story because the story is very dark. You've probably heard the story before and maybe that didn't know where it was. Well, it's here. Solomon asks for wisdom, then gets wisdom. And then here's this story to describe just how wise he was. So the story is pretty dark. Do you, you know what story I'm about to say? So there's two women, right? And, and one of them, they both have little infant babies. And one of them, and I've known women that this has happened, and it's, it's horrible. That in the night, sleeping with the child, uh, rolls over, somehow suffocates the child. And, and this woman wakes up, and she has a dead baby, her own dead baby next to her. Horrible story. And she has this evil, ambitious thought, this woman that just lost her child, to go in the early morning hours. And what does she do? She switches her dead child with a child of a mother next to her and swaps them out and takes the living child. And then this poor woman wakes up and finds a dead child. And then as a mom, do you know your own children, moms? Those of you that have been, would you know that this child is not your child? Obviously, right away. She not only sees a dead child, so there's a death. And then she realizes her child has been swapped. So there's a death and a kidnapping all in one night. It's horrible. It's hor- this story is absolutely horrible. Can you imagine these two women fighting and the hysteria that would have erupted in this situation? They would have been screaming and, and yelling and fighting over this child. And so people would have been called in to figure out, okay, what is going on? Whose child is this? Both moms say, mine. And so they're trying to figure out, okay, what is going on? on here, how can we figure out whose child this is? It gets all the way up to the king, to King Solomon. No one can figure this out. We bring our special cases to the king himself. The king is so wise. Solomon is there to judge this, this, you know, this horrible thing that has happened, a murder and a kidnapping. And what does Solomon do? He says, and I hope, I, I, I think, I, I kind of know, this had to have been a bluff. Right? You know the story? He says, bring me a sword. I'm going to cut. This is horrible. If, you, if I'm telling you this story for the first time, you're, you're like, oh my gosh, this is in the Bible. Yeah, it's, it's wild. But I think it's a bluff. He says, bring me a sword. I'm going to cut the baby in half. And this is my judgment. Each of you will get a half. This evil mom who is under the unfortunate case where she really lost her own child, She says this horrible phrase. She says, go ahead and cut the baby. That sounds fair. We'll each take half. Can you imagine? The other mother who really is, that's her child. What does she say? She says, go ahead. Don't cut the baby. She can have the baby. Do you know this story? Like she can go ahead. She can have the baby. Just don't cut the baby. And right then everyone realizes, including Solomon, whose baby is it? It's the mom that says that that the other woman can just have it. Of course, that's the real mother. She would never want her baby 
Can you imagine? I think, I think the whole story is a bluff just to find out who the real mom is. I don't think Solomon, I'm just thinking out loud here, doesn't say if this was a bluff, but I think it was just to find out whose baby this really was. And you're like, oh, that's a really wise way to figure out this situation. That's the example the word shows us of just how wise Solomon is. I've used this. I have four boys. I already told you that. They're always fighting over little toys. This is my toy. That's my toy. No, it's my toy. I've done this probably 10 times and it has worked 10 out of the 10 times. I'll say, Erica, get me some pliers. I'm going to cut this toy in half. And certain one of them will say, yeah, let's see what's inside. And the other one will say, no, 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 please, please don't cut it. And Erica will bring the pliers and I'll say, actually, I already know whose toy this is. And I'll give it to the kid who's been crying about me cutting it in half. It's worked 10 out of 10 times. Now they're a little older. I've probably done it too many times. I don't think it would work now, but it worked 10 out of 10 times. This is like wisdom, the example of how wise Solomon was. And everyone is just in wonder about just how wise Solomon is. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? What are are we even talking about here? We're talking about this word, wisdom. What is it? What is wisdom? Let me tell you a couple things it's not. And, And sometimes these things go hand in hand, but wisdom is not necessarily just knowledge. Like someone who has a lot of like trivial pursuit knowledge. Anybody know what trivial pursuit is, the board game? Uh, it's, it's kind of an older game. Anybody know what Jeopardy is? Like the Jeopardy kind of knowledge. Like, have you ever been sitting with someone who actually can keep up and like can answer the, the questions? Like, what is the Battle of Bunker Hill? And then they say, what's the Battle of Bunker Hill? Boop, boop, boop. Right. I, how did you know that? Like, what in the world? Like, I've been sitting with people who just have that kind of knowledge. Like, I'm looking out and I wonder, like, maybe Jamie, he was a teacher for fit. He says no, but I bet he's pretty smart. I think of Ken Wallers. I think of uh, maybe Jamie in the back. Just like people that like, they probably have like that kind of knowledge. But we all probably know people who have that kind of knowledge but their lives are kind of falling apart. And, and I wonder if you know, sometimes knowledge and wisdom are hand in hand, but, but they're not necessarily the same thing. We, we all probably know someone who's book smart, trivial pursuit smart, but they're not wise. They're, they're, their lives are falling apart. Or maybe someone with a high IQ, like someone who could, you know, you, you're given this math problem, a train is heading south. 65 miles per hour, another train is heading north, blah, 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 miles per hour. Where do they meet? What time do they meet and crash? And someone could, like there's people with high IQs. They're just like, oh, clearly, 302, they hit each other going this speed, blah, 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 blah. There's able, high IQ able to figure that out. We probably all, I know I could I think of a couple people who have very high IQ, but, but can't like, they have no street smarts. They're just like, their lives are like, well, they're kind of awkward. They really don't have friends. Their lives are just, you know, they're, 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 it's almost like a curse being so smart because they're, does anybody know someone like that? It's like, well, knowledge isn't necessarily wisdom. IQ isn't necessarily wisdom. Sometimes they go hand in hand. Education, the, th- the third thing I think of people who are, have been highly educated. I'm reading an autobiography of someone. If I said their name, you, you'd all say, oh, I know who that is. Uh, they went to Yale. They went to Yale uh, Law School. They had the best education, came from a rich family. And then their lives began to fall apart because of drugs, because of substance abuses. And he's, I'm at this part in the book where he's telling his own story of like every night going to a gas station at 2 a.m., trying to do drugs drug deals with homeless people and very desperate people, very scary situations in big cities. And and here's this person educated with with one of the best educations the United States can give. And are they living wise? No. He he admits in in his own book, like this was the worst thing, the most dangerous thing he probably could have done is is end up in these places that he was. Is that a wise life? No. But but maybe he's been educated. Maybe he's even smart. Maybe he even has a lot of knowledge. Wisdom is something else. I'm going to define wisdom as discerning God's truth. And there's two parts of that. It's, It's not just knowing and discerning God's truth. That's the first part. The second part is doing it. To to not just know it, but to live it. That's what we'd say true wisdom is like. Not just having the knowledge, but doing it. 
Let me read for you a passage of scripture. This, this comes from this parable that Jesus tells. It's, it's actually maybe more of a word picture than a parable because it's so very short. Jesus says there was two men. One built their house on the sand. One built their house on the rock foundation. You know this story? And, and Jesus says the, the rain comes, the, the wind blew, and the house that was built on the sand, well, the bottom falls out underneath it. And the house falls over and it's destroyed. But the house on the rock, on the firm foundation, it stands. And Jesus says this, Matthew 7, 24, he says, everyone then who hears these words, part one, what do they do? They hear the words, everyone who hears the words, and here's the second part, what's it say? Does them, puts them into practice. Everyone who hears and does will be like the wise man who built his house on a rock. Wisdom gets out of yourself. Wisdom is getting out from your own thinking. It's getting out from the world's thinking. And it falls into how God thinks, how God discerns. That's what real wisdom is. Knowing and doing. So let me wrap this sermon up. This is point number three. If you're taking notes, write this down. Point three is trust Jesus to lift you out of the path of self seeking. You know, again and again in the, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, the opposite of wisdom is always talked about as foolishness or folly. And foolishness and folly is described as someone just living for themselves. That's what the opposite of wisdom is. It's self-seeking. Wisdom is admitting that you don't have it all. Wisdom is admitting that you don't know it all and you need God's hand in your life. To, to give you the wisdom, the understanding, the forgiveness, to walk on the right path that only God can lead you to and help you walk out. Wisdom is trusting not in your own understanding. Wisdom is not trusting in the world's understanding, but God's discernment, God's direction. That's what wisdom is. It's knowing that you don't have it all, but you know the one who does. Would you stand with me this morning? The band is going to come up. They're going to lead us in a song, Be Thou My Vision, a prophetic song, an old hymn, a declaration of, well, this is the Lord's ways. And we're going to walk in these ways. We're going to ask the Lord for wisdom. If you're serving communion, would you come forward as well to, to be able to prepare and, and, and serve? We're going to come through, as we do almost every week, to, to receive communion. And as we come through, as we walk through this room, it's a very short journey, but it's a spiritual journey. It's a journey through this room where we're receiving. We come with open hands and we receive God's grace, the mystery of his body and blood for us. So as we come through the line, the communion servers will say, Christ's body, Christ's blood for you. Would you receive it? Would you go back and, and, and walk to your seat? Would you hold it? We're all going to receive it in unison, all together at once. But let me pray a blessing over us. That this, this whole sermon was about asking and receiving wisdom. So God, here in this moment, here in this place, we pause before you. Before we come down and receive, before we sing this song to you about you, Lord, being our vision, you, Lord, being the one who directs us Lord, we ask for that. We ask that as we leave our seats, we would leave behind our old ways. We would leave behind our old understanding. We would leave behind the selfishness of ourselves and we would come forward to receive you. We would come forward to receive your will and your ways, your wisdom in our lives. Lord, would you lift us up to yourself? Would you impart to us wisdom. Maybe there's some of us in here that have a true need, a situation for your will, for your wisdom. Lord, what are you speaking? Lord, I pray that in this moment of communion, leaving behind our way of thinking, coming forward to receive your mystery. Lord, that in this moment, as we walk this room, this journey, you would speak to us. Lord, we pray for prophetic declarations to be in our hearts, in our minds, that we might know you to know truth, to walk in your will, to walk in your ways as we come forward and we, we receive your body and your blood for us. 
Lord, we come now and we, we say thank you for the gifts of God, for the people of God. We say thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ, your body, for us, the body of Christ, this group of people that have come before you to receive your will, to receive the mystery of your grace. Lord, we come and receive in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking receive the bread, would you hold it with me and consider that Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke the bread and he said, this is like my body broken for you. And I, I think of this image, I'm looking around of people holding bread. This is maybe what the world would say. That's, what are you doing? That's, that's foolishness. But to us, this is a mystery of Christ's grace, that God himself came to this world as one of us, a human, and his body was broken on the cross. And that is salvation, that is grace bestowed for us. So would you receive this bread with me in faith, knowing that this is the body of Christ? Jesus also took a cup. He said, this is a cup of a new covenant. My blood shed for you. So would you receive this cup this cup of the new covenant as a mystery of God's grace for you. Let's receive together. So God, we thank you. We pray to you now and we receive this body, this blood of yours as the gift of God for us, the people of God. Though we receive it, we go out from here with joy, knowing that your grace is upon us, knowing that we can all this week, all this day, all the rest of our lives ask you for wisdom. And the book of James says, just ask and we will receive wisdom. 
And when we ask, we, we pray that we won't doubt. We pray that we will receive your wisdom and know and hear the voice of you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So Lord, I pray that blessing over all of us as we leave today, knowing that we can ask for your voice and ask for your wisdom and you will show it to us. Lord, we thank you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would like prayer, I'll I'll be up here. The communion team, come back and pray for people. They'll be up here to pray with you, to pray for you. If you're new or newish, you've never filled out a a New Life Manitou visitor card, I invite you to do that. We have paper ones outside as you leave, or you can scan the QR code on your chairs. We have a gift for you. It's a devotional, a daily devotional uh, that's been written for New Life Church, and so we'd love to give you that as a gift. We have more information about our church that we can give you as well. Uh, I see a lot of volunteers here. Um, we have a volunteer team. How do you get on the volunteer team? We'll just go online, fill out an application. And once a month, we have a potluck party for our volunteer team. That's going to be on September 5th. And so we'd love to have you come to that. Uh, men's retreat, as I already said, coming up in two weeks. Uh, give some more information online. We would love the men to attend uh, that retreat. And for the first time, I want to announce something called Operation Christmas. It's going to be our outreach this fall and going into Christmas. Uh, It's this wonderful organization that makes basically boxes that are shipped to all over the world, all over the world. And and they go to specific places where people don't know about the gospel. And so kids receive things that are the gifts, like things that they would want to receive. And in there is also the gospel message. And in there is also an invitation for a local assembly where people can go and learn about the gospel in places that are hard to reach. So we're going to be compiling these gift uh, boxes that are going to be mailed. And so at the back table, before you go outside, there's a table there with lists of information of the things we need. And we're going to have a packing party on September 24th, but we need to pack the things that you bring. So we would love for you to get some of these things and bring them as a part of an outreach that our church is doing to present the gospel in unreached places of the world. So those are your announcements. Would you just open your hands if you're okay with that? Let me pray a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.